Listener Production. As much fun as using a fake name on your coffee order. Skinny chai tea. Oksana. That's me. Peppermint mocha with a double shot from Min Lee. That's me. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Bro, I'm driving home from the airport the other day and... Um, this post Splendor? Yeah, it was post Splendor actually. And it's so funny, you know, the um, taxi driver's middle console... You know, a little middle console glove boxy thing? What's it called? That thing that's in the glove middle. compartment. In the middle, in between? I know that the glove box is the one in front of the passenger, but what's the thing in yeah, between? the compartment. <laughs> is it the glove compartment? <laughs> I mean, you barely keep one pair of gloves at the front, so I don't know why you need another <laughs> compartment for your gloves. I think Unless you get your left glove in the, the glove box, box and your other one in the centre console. Is it the centre console? Is it the centre console? I believe it's called the tunnel console. Tunnel console? That's oh, not no. called that. It, well, apparently it is. Here we go. There's a couple of different things. Anyways, just <laughs> next to the cup holders there. You know what I mean. The internal car box. So are you sitting in the front, front with the taxi driver? No, I was sitting in the back, right? right? And I've got Sophia on one side and Belle on the other. So I'm in the middle. So far you go to Splendor. She went up there. She went up. She didn't go. She didn't hit uh, Little Splendor. No. I mean, well, she wasn't at the TP Forest <laughs> on a sat- Saturday night slash morning, was she? No, look, I'll tell you what. Sophia has absolutely no problem with raving all night, <laughs> but not in this particular instance, no. She wouldn't, I mean, she's three years old. She still would have had the best coordination there, probably, at that stage. So the glove compartment lid of this taxi... Just mm-hmm. keeps flying up and just like... How? Just, it just kept opening and then just swinging up and then the driver would just slide it closed and then we'd drive a little bit and it would open and fling up again and like block the sort of view in the middle. I know what that is, Matt. I know what was going on there. What's that? Was it the, the taxi protecting <laughs> protecting the driver from me? Well, a little bit, because you have had your you know beef with taxi drivers over the over the distance. I think the car knew that, and it's just given you the middle finger, um, <laughs> <laughs> constantly up, from the front right. seat, just putting that middle finger up at old Matthew uh, due to a few of the arguments you've had in the past. But look, I'm glad glad you made it in, but it didn't go any further than that. I, one of those things where you're like, are you going to fix it? Like, why does this keep happening? Can you put a bag on it or something? It was just so weird. Um, but look, hey, we've got a massive show for mm. you today. Very excited to be joining you. It's absolutely right. You're going to be having your mind blown a little bit later on, which will be very, very exciting times. And Dicer, I've noticed that you're looking pretty schmick in your new uh, get up right there. So I've got a couple of new questions about uh, this new workplace you're working out of. So let's jump right into it. Hey, this is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Well, we mentioned it around Riddle Week, but um, new listener studios, Matt, that I am currently sitting in, and who boy, she's schmick. Producer Bron's been the one who knows this building the most. Any cool little tidbits you can say about um, the new Matt and Alex headquarters, Bron? Um, there's an app for the building. Um, and one of the tabs on it says the story behind the scent. So I walked in and was like, hmm, that fresh new building smell. I was very intrigued by it. But it is not by accident. There are infusions of truffle, fresh gardenia, black currant. 
other words I can't pronounce on this list. Mandarines, wow. Amalfi lemons, orchids. There's all these spices, Mexican chocolate, patchouli, vanilla, all made a signature scent from Tom Ford for <laughs> just for this building. What? So this the studios are just part of a wider building with other tenants, but for yes. the whole building, the developers mm-hmm. uh, went to Mr. Tommy Ford and said, can you make us a, our own musk for the full building? And so that is, it's not just an incidental smell, it's a deliberate whiff. I do like a new smell, like the new car. I think car companies have the same. They've got a smell team, whiff yes. team, who are mm. on making making similar things. Sort of made us wonder, because um, we did do the talk back, what's your juice? Um, when it comes to what juice do you drink? Pickle juice, you know, <laughs> bocconcini <laughs> juice, as someone did. What about what's your what's your whiff? What's your favourite smell? Mm. I mean, my bo is great. Love your bo. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like. Although I heard that if you if you are attracted to someone sexually, mm. then you won't smell their their bo doesn't smell like bo. It just smells like a smell that you right. You're not turned off by. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got so you. So by the fact that I don't mind mm. my own bo, <laughs> that says something. Mm. Well, I've I've heard that um, even Cleopatra is attracted to Matt's bo because he can make a pharaoh moan. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Do you know I've 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 bought I was bought she a pharaoh little, or with two carbon? What about I, I bought those uh those no. wipe-on sex appeal things more no. than once, Alex Dyson. I'll tell you no. that. <laughs> what happened to that market? It doesn't seem quite as spicy as it used to be. Not quite as lucrative. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for letting us know what your whiff is. Uh Nairi says paint being burnt off wood by a blowtorch. Mm. Very specific. Absolutely. Love it, Nairi. Jess said a woodlog fire on a winter Saturday afternoon in country Victoria, to be specific. Look, I don't mind the smell, but what I don't like is the next day jacket smell. <laughs> oh, yeah, it that sticks around, sucks. doesn't it? Uh, Natalina says dog paws. They smell like popcorn. It's a bit weird. No, I think your dog has just been to the movies, <laughs> Natalina. I think your dog sneaks off at night. Yeah, I think the latest Airbud was in cinemas, Natalina, and uh, your uh, your doggy just went along. Jen said, "I'm loving the nostalgic smell of Play-Doh now that I have a toddler." Mm, do you know what I would too? But I vividly remember one of my earliest memories is just munching down so much Play-Doh at daycare <laughs> that I vomited in the front seat of Mum's car into a towel, and it was all the different multicolored bits. And I ever since I refused to lick my fingers after playing Play-Doh. Um, Tim has also got in touch. G'day, Tim. G'day. How you going? Good, thanks, Tim. Now, what sort of smell do you like? Oh, what's well... your whiff? <laughs> I need to start with some context so I don't seem like a bit of a dweeb sniffing random things. Uh-huh. I really, really enjoy sniffing new plastic. Ooh. I don't know what it is. Mm. Like, you know how you get a new phone screen or I actually got a recent, recently got a, a new fitness watch and had like a little like gel plastic protective cover on the, um, on the screen there. And that just distinct smell, but it's only temporary. So I really have yeah. to indulge on it. You, you, all your senses are, are really enlarged with that because, like, there's few better pleasures than actually peeling off one of those stickers oh. on the front of screens oh, as how well. How good is it? 
the hairs on the back of my neck just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I, I've, I've still got, like, you know, sometimes I keep this, this, that peel on and, yeah. I, and I wait for a really special time to do it. But, Tim... Oh, I, can't, I can't do that. I have to take oh, it off yeah, straight away. And you have to it. take the peel oh, off straight no away. No discipline, Tim. No discipline. Oh, no. Like, I just take it off and, like... I, I'm probably seeing like a real weirdo, but I don't know. I can't help it. Like I got a yeah, I got a new watch the other week, and I took the thing off. And if if someone saw me, they'd just see me there, just sniffing my watch. Like I don't know, trying to get some just weird smell out of it. Eyes rolling back in your head. <laughs> oh, take me back! Absolutely gurning off the smell, Tim. Hey Tim, what's what, the um, time? Go to so sniff the watch. Like, well, no, that's how you tell the time. Hold on, let me just dinner time. Mm, <laughs> gobble gobble. Are you a video game player? I've dabbled, yep, in a previous life. I feel like that that smell takes me back to opening up my, you know, very first console, the Sega Master mm-hmm. System 2 after a walk home from Indrapilly's shopping town. You know, just remembering that smell. And I think every time you then smell it, it really takes you back to that childhood euphoria. But I guess if that's not you, then then maybe not. Okay, Tim? So <laughs> I have indulged in the sniffing of video game cases, breaking the plastic seal down the side, Ooh. opening it up and uh, taking the first whiff. Oh, oh my God, yeah. you're really talking. Oh, I know exactly what yeah. you're oh, You could charge. You could open an OnlyFans for this, Tim. Um, <laughs> what uh, have you, okay, have you ever sniffed anyone else's plastic? <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to indulge what I do in my spare time, but, you know, everyone has to have a hobby, I guess. Oh, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Well, thank you very much, Tim. Appreciate you getting in touch. Thank you. And if you've got a uh, an interesting and uh, obscure and potentially specific whiff, let us know. We've got mailbag later in the week, and we're happy to have a chat about it. I'd also like to hear what your workplace is like. Maybe you've got the, I mean, you know, we were talking golf simulators and basketball courts. Let us know what your little uh, office perks are. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. All Day Breakfast. All Day Breakfast. Well, some of the best things to blow up are gooey things, like a watermelon always looks awesome. Oh, um, when, you do the, when you do the rubber bands around it until it finally just goes pop. Exactly right. But um, what I want you to imagine right now is your brain is a watermelon and Matt O'Kind is 1,000 rubber bands because he is about to pressure your mind to breaking point in the segment. Mind blown. Yeah, that's right. Looking in the spirit of this week's uh, major music news uh, surrounding the events of Splendour in the Grass, I thought I'd take a look back at Woodstock, Alex Dyson, because did you know? (laughs) Now, I can tell this is going to be mind-blowing because whenever I hear facts about this would you call it a festival or just like a human swarm well, of, that wa- is the thing. of musical locusts? I grew up <laughs> thinking Woodstock was a yearly festival that was like this incredible experience. It didn't occur to me that it was almost a complete disaster and it was just the most ramshackled, chaotic event that could have possibly ever been held, right? So It was almost um, a... a- Corey Worthington kind of situation on a <laughs> massive st- scale. It was. I mean, originally tickets were on sale for six dollars a day. Okay, you could get, you could pay eighteen or oh, seven dollars a day. Sorry, you pay eighteen dollars for all three days. All right. Now, a hundred tickets get sold out. Wait, they they sold a hundred tickets. Was the original size it was meant 000. to be a hundred thousand tickets? Hundred thousand okay, tickets sorry. over three days. 
People swarm. There's huge traffic issues going out to this farm. People are waiting hours and hours. They're walking miles to get on site. Eventually, 400,000 people attend across the festival. There's rain. People are sleeping in muds. There's not enough food. There's not enough toilets. They're having to get helicopters to deliver all of these essential services for people, right? By the end, no one, there's no, they're running out of money. They're literally running out of money while they're there because a lot of performers wanted to be paid cash before they would even take the stage. It's a complete disaster. But the thing that blows my mind always whenever I look at this festival is, one, that it has become a piece of you know music history folklore and that mm. it somehow was the most memorable experience for so many people. But two, stipulated in Jimi Hendrix's contract, you might already know this, was that he was not to be followed by anyone on stage after his performance. He was the headliner to end all headliners. Yep. No one could play after him. <laughs> Yeah, so of course the uh, the the rain is happening. There's fears of electrocution for people on stage. So they have to keep delaying performers. Uh, Jimi Hendrix arrives at about 8 p.m. on the Sunday night that he's supposed to close out the festival. Doesn't get on stage until 8:30 a.m. in the morning <laughs> the, on Monday morning at 8:30. Yeah. <laughs> Bands play all night. There's a quote from um, Clearance Clearwater Revival where the the one of the guys is saying he could just see this swarm of sleeping people in the mud and across the other side of the whole big hill, he just saw one guy with a lighter up saying, I'm listening to you. <laughs> and then he was like, so I played to that guy for the whole thing. I mean, this is two, three, four in the morning kind of stuff. Yeah. Jimmy Hendrix finally finishes its set at 10.30 to the measly crowd of approximately 40,000 people that were left after 400,000 had graced the festival over the three days. And Well, Matt, we've broadcast from 6 till 9am on a Monday morning after Splendour. And i got to tell you, the people there are in no state <laughs> to be watching a performer like <laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Exactly. So anyways, I thought that that final, I love that final fact. He's on stage by 8.30, off by 10.30 on the next Monday. I mean, could you imagine... <laughs> Anything like that in this day and age. I could guarantee you Liam Gallagher would not be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, and he's as rock as roll as you could get, <laughs> but I doubt he'd be waiting around till 8.30 the next morning just so he'd be the last performer there. But no, I had, I had heard that fact that not many people actually got to see Jimmy at his legendary Woodstock performance because yeah. when you check your watch, you've got to go, got to leave for work Bro. by that stage. <laughs> so I'll give you, I'll give you a... Mind blown. Oh, blown. Oh, thank you very much. And look, we always ask your facts as well. To anyone who has a mind-blowing piece of knowledge for us, to uh, send them in on at matt.n.alex on Instagram. We love to hear them in audio form, just like we've received from Loz. Hi, Matt and Alex. This is my mind-blowing fact. Did you know that when a T-Rex was alive, all Stegosaurus dinosaurs were already fossils? And in fact, a T-Rex is closer in time to an iPad than a Stegosaurus. Mind blown. Mind blown. Whoa. <laughs> nah, man. That is incredible because they're in the same books. They're right next to each other in the books. Right. And they, I, I'm sure I remember like a picture of a T-Rex trying to eat a Stegosaurus except the Stegosaurus's tail is like whipping with its spikes and that kind of thing. But it would have made more sense if the Tyrannosaurus was like trying to play Candy Crush with its little hands. Yeah. <laughs> or getting deleted from a photo using some sort of magic eraser tool on the iPad or something. 
Yeah, wow. Okay, I, I am genuinely mind blown by that. So thank you very much, Loz. Incredible stuff, Loz. And yeah, as we mentioned, you too can be on Mind Blown. Just send us a voice memo, Alex. Let's cruise on with the show, shall we? I love wine and everything about it. What are you into wine? I love wine. Matt, you got a phone case? Bro, it is literally the first thing I buy the <laughs> second I get a new phone. I I haven't seen my phone nude <laughs> since the day it came out of the box. It's been in its birthday suit uh, once oh, for a minute and then uh, you wrap it on up good and tight. Oh, absolutely. I am putting a little phone dummy on that thing <laughs> and making sure it is safe as houses, mate. No chance. How big do you go? Get one of those work site, like massive ones? With the big rugged edges. No, yeah. it looks like a bag of chippies. No. <laughs> I, um, I, Have you got I, one look- that's got like a secondary battery in it to make it last longer? Oh, no, and I don't do, like, the one that makes it look like, a, you know, cassette tape or, like, a frog with googly eyes in the back. <laughs> no, I just do a sleek, nice, uh, the silicone version that comes with my particular brand of phone. But I know now that, Alex Dice, not all phones are coming, come with cases. Well, well, very few do, but um, in the realms of the fruit company, they're trying to advertise the fact that you shouldn't have a phone case or you don't need a phone case. There's a new ad that's come out and it's got a phone call on the table and it's like buzzing and getting closer to the edge and closer to the edge and closer to the edge and it falls off. You're like, oh my God, it's going to smash. They like, relax. You don't need a case. Is that true? Well, someone else has written an article. Chris Mazitskik says um, wrapping a phone in a case is like buying an Audi, wrapping it in rubber and painting flames down the side of it. It's like going to a three-star Michelin restaurant and asking for ketchup. It's like going to church, chewing gum and blowing bubbles at the priest. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking it's like it's sacrilege about, Chris to put Matichek, a yeah. All right? I mean, I've seen more smashed phones. In Australia, people smash phones more than avocado. That's how frequently (laughs) (laughs) these things get absolutely walloped. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised that they're they're really running with this. Okay, so, I mean, look, nothing against the product. It's a a very sturdy, well-loved product, but it's just... Sure, come and sponsor the podcast. We're more than happy to have you. Chris has really said, he's, he's not just fingering Apple with this one. He's saying, look... Liberate your iPhone, liberate your Android, show the world that your phone is gorgeous, show the world that you trust yourself enough not to drop your phone in oh, such wait. a way as so to it's trust it. yourself, don't trust the phone. Bro, I I trust myself the least out of all of these parties. <laughs> like I like flipping, you know, I do this yep. thing where I, I flip my phone in my hand, you know, and I see if I can if I can <laughs> land it face up after lots of flips. That's how I that's how I pass time. I can't Play that game knowing that my whole phone is at risk? Well, anyway, we did ask you, uh, when do you wish you used protection? Because often when you do drop it and it's not ready to go, it, uh, it can be a very, very rough day at the office. Emma got in touch saying, my husband was angle grinding and wasn't wearing goggles. He got a piece of aluminium in his eye, which is not where you want aluminium. No, that uh, that's that's bad. It's always around the head, isn't it? I remember, like, I, I not wearing a cricket helmet. Um, growing up, that was a that was not a good thing. To, no, to forget. No, you don't want to be cracking the skull. Or you should trust yourself enough not to fall <laughs> off the bike. 
Uh, we've also got Damla joining us on the line. G'day, Damla. Hey, boys. How are you going? Good. Thanks, Damla. So uh, what? when do you wish you'd use protection? Well, mine's also an eye issue. Um, I work in a laboratory and constantly wearing safety glasses. Um, and I thought, okay, there's not much to do today. So I clean up my desk, some paperwork. So I took my safety glasses off. And I was just, you know, when you get some papers and you put it in your hand and you sort of bash it against the table to get them all mm-hmm. aligned. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a news reader at the end of the news yeah. as the camera's <laughs> zooming out. Yeah. yeah, that was me, professional. Um, and I just got a little bit too enthusiastic, I think, and went too high and whacked myself in the eye and gave myself a paper cut on my iris. Oh! <laughs> Great. Sorry, squirmy warning. Sorry. Squirmy warning! <laughs> Oh, oh no. my eye hurts thinking about oh, it. That's terrible. I still when I think about it. Ugh. What happens? Did you go to the doctor and like did, did they have to did you have to wear a patch? <laughs> no, I did go to emergency and they said, "Oh, look, there's nothing we can do. You just got to let it heal." But I just it took a couple of days for the stinging <laughs> to stop. But they said to me, look, it happened at work. You should really go do complo. And I said, I'm so embarrassed as to why this happened. I don't think I can tell anybody. Oh, and also, do you know what you have to do to get workers' compensation? A lot of paperwork. Just another <laughs> chance for you to... Just another chance for you to end up get the other eye. That's what it happened. Yeah, better probably best not to. Good work, Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll catch you later. Thank you. All right, see you, boys. That brings us to the end of another Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hope you had a good one and we'll catch you again tomorrow. If you want to message us about anything you heard in the show today, matt.and.alex on Instagram or hit us up on mattandalex.com.au. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.